stage. Snap photos from the pit. Documented musical stories. Thrashed in the crowd. And raged from the back. We are South Sisters! Welcome to another episode of the Sound Sister Podcast. I'm your host, Drea Doll. I'm here with my lovely ladies. Say hello, ladies. Hey, it's Angela Burrows-Bredden. Gabby Chaos. On this episode, we're going to be talking to Siobhan Woodrow, creator and host of She's a Punk Podcast. Siobhan is a Canadian radio broadcaster and music director. Unsatisfied with the lack of representation for females within punk podcasting, she developed She's a Punk. And that's right, guys. She has played the Venomous Pinks on her show. She's also had our good friends on there, like Soma Snake Oil, Shannon Knox, and she's fucking interviewed Alice Bebb. How cool is that? But for now, let's go around the room. Angela, what's going on with you? Uh, not much. Um, I had a weird, weird night last night. Um, I've been up since like 3 in the morning because I got caught in the social media news feed. Well, I was going to and- ask if you were doing seances again, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, not this time. You caught me. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I've been waking up like at three o'clock in the morning the past like couple weeks randomly. But I don't know. I went on about a week's worth of just kind of unplugging, you know, off of my device, meaning like my phone, everything else. So I was somewhat turned off to a lot of things that are going on since I don't have like, I just live in app mode. So I watch Netflix, watch Hulu, but don't really have the news too much. Of course, you know, I'm still not completely unbeknownst to the rest of the world. So obviously the horrible things that are going on with the riots and, and everything else that's going on around us. I knew about what was going on, but it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't get deep into the feed, if that makes sense, and really search videos and posts and things that are happening around us and all these different protests and um, the terrible things. But there's good, too, that's coming from it, too, because there seems to be some support. So I kind of dived into that, and it was, I don't know, I'm having a lot, a lot of sadness like everybody else is. And uh, I think it's just all hitting at once. And uh, it's just terrible, the events well, with George, George Floyd and just many other people that have been impacted, you know, by what's going on. It's, I don't know, it's been rough, so. Yeah. Well, it's just, const- it's like constantly in the feed. You go to Facebook and I, that's all you funny. see right now is protest and George Floyd. It's been, it's been difficult because for me, as you know someone that's white like I always come from this space of like I grew up you love people regardless of their background racial you know um, any sort of background whether it's sexual orientation gender what have you I've always grown in that space but yet I've always had those around me say to you know don't talk outwardly about politics stand up for someone if they need help, but don't go out there necessarily. It's, it's too rude or, you know, we don't talk about this. And while I was going through the feed last night, I'm like, fuck being silent. As someone who's white, I need to fucking say something. White privilege here, you know, like I can't sit here and deny that, 
it isn't horrific. And I know I can't begin to imagine what it's like for the African-American community or any sort of community, everyone around. There. And I, I can't come from that space of knowing, but I can come from the space of just being so unbelievably sad and sickened and hope and hope and wish and pray that we find some kind of equality amongst ourselves. Like it's, it's just crazy that this is still a fucking topic. People are afraid of cops and people are afraid of each other. And it's, it's bad enough that we're dealing with the pandemic that is out of our control. These things we can control as people. And it's just, I feel like there's only, I need to be doing more. And it's also hard because normally I would be out there marching, you know, photographing these things, but it makes me nervous. I live with someone that's high risk and I've been afraid to go outside, but then I feel like I need to do more. So it's, you know, we got some things in the works with Punk Forefront as far as, you know, some things that um, I think that will bring some positive light and some other thing. I can't really get into it, but I just keep bringing the storming of like how we can do more. How can we safely do more and still like plan support? Because I mean, everyone out there needs it. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's a hard it's hard right now, dude. I, I get it. I to- I completely agree with you. I don't know. We just we just gotta hold on right now. Yeah, hold on and support each other. One thing I was gonna say that I absolutely love seeing is some of the peaceful protests where people are just having a moment of silence. And I know that this is just a podcast that you know there's more that we can do after that but i was wondering if maybe you guys wouldn't mind just having like holding a minute of silence and we can have somewhat our protests to what's going on there and all the hurt that's out there and i don't know are you guys down for that yeah yeah dude swear this wasn't scripted guys (laughs) yeah for sure yeah um so and of course this isn't just for George Floyd and his, you know, his family, there's so many other people that have been impacted over the years for similar circumstances. And then of course it all kind of trickles around. So this moment of silence is for anyone that's been impacted by not only the riots, but also the deaths that have have occurred and the senseless acts of violence that are taking place both on the front lines of authorities and also from the citizens. All right. Well, thank you all for participating in that and our listeners. And just know that that was a very authentic thing that just happened in the moment. And we truly, truly mean it. And this is something that was absolutely not talked about before. So we hope it doesn't end things, but at least it gives a moment of respect. And that's where our hearts are at. 
So, but you guys as a band, the Venomous Pinks, are doing something really, really cool too, right? To help show some support. Right. So, we are going to be participating in Blackout Tuesday, which is on June 2nd. So, by the time you hear this podcast, it already passed. But just know the Venomous Pinks did participate in it. And basically, that means we will not be conducting any business. And we've decided that any merch that does sell on June 2nd, uh, 10% of that we're going to be donating to Color of Change, which is a nonprofit civil rights uh, adv- advocacy group. I, I noticed that a, a bunch of bands and labels are actually participating in this. And it's, it's nice to see everybody coming together and they're going to participate in, in Blackout Tuesday. I mean, that's, that's one way, just like you, you know, I can't really, I live with a high risk person, so I can't be out in, out there protesting in the midst of a pandemic. But I mean, there's many different ways you can, you can support, Mm -hmm. even if it's not going out and and protesting. Yeah. Sharing, reposting, donating. How does this feel for you, Gabby, like the whole situation? It's been absolutely crazy and it's it's really hard to not get into like like you were saying earlier like get really deep into it um like you get deep and then you have to like step back because it's just infuriating like you just it's it's hard to not be out there you know but like I said we all live with high risk people and it's just with this pandemic it's like I'm just afraid what's to come you know mm-hmm. of more COVID and you know, it doesn't help that we don't really have like a leadership from the president. Just fucking blackout, fucking DC right now. It's like it's you can just go on forever with this shit. But I'm I'm glad that it's finally. It sucks, but it had to happen. You know, like people are finally standing up to yeah. all this bullshit, and it's like the time is now. It's fucking 2020. Like there's no room for fucking racism. You know, all discrimination and all that. Like. You still have it and you shouldn't have it. So, right. so right. I'm glad people are finally standing up to the man. I, lo- I love that saying that it's like saying that racism is an issue is racist. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> the, pa- the fact that people that are just, and that's what kind of made me decide to, to finally, you know, step up, unlike what I was taught to do, which is, you know, to, you know, keep those things to yourself to be like, no, people need to know. And my friends and society and whoever else needs to know that it doesn't matter what race, gender, anything, like no matter what it is, like I stand with you. And so it's, you know, it needs to, we just, you're right. I think we need more talk. Like we need to talk about these things more. Yeah. There was a, I forget who quoted it, but it was like, it's not white versus black people. It's everyone versus racism. Yeah. You know, yeah. Those, yes. you know like, yeah. So, and if you have a problem with that, then you're the problem. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's crazy. I remember being a kid growing up in Mesa. I was one of the few white people there. And I like literally thought that Hispanic people were just tanned. Like I literally, cause that's how I was raised, you know, right. I got kind of a lot for being white, but I can, mm-hmm. I still cannot compare my situation, even though I have received 
unfair treatment for being a woman or even for being white. I cannot identify with what's happening, but that doesn't mean that I can't fight against what's happening because it's right. fucking wrong. Exactly. So it's not right. Or like I've deleted so many people off my like social medias. It's been great. It's like, dude, yeah. I have no time for your racist bullshit. Like, and I'm glad to see that people who their true colors are, you know, it's like, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say. Fuck you. Yeah. Delete. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> got time for that. Um, no time for that shit. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been a it's been a rough couple of days. Just social media, man. It's been it's been crazy. And all you can do is just wait and see what happens next. What about you, Drea? Well, <laughs> I gotta be honest. The worst looting I've ever seen take place happened just a few weeks ago, when corporations collected over five hundred billion dollars in stimulus money while everyone was left with a twelve hundred dollar check having to decide if they were going to pay for food or rent. Right. So when you want to say, oh, they, you know, they're just, they're just rioting, they're just looting, that's, that's fucking bullshit. The real crooks are sitting up in the government, and I'm kind of with Gabby. I'm like, why are this? I can't believe this is something. Yeah. <laughs> that's even happening. Like, right, right. Like, we don't it's... fucking have enough going on. Like, why is this should not be on the table at all? Yeah. I'm just waiting for aliens to come down, really. <laughs> or someone said, like, if dinosaurs were to pop up right now, like, it would just be, like, another day. It would be tough. <laughs> it's, it's like, <laughs> fuck. fuck it. It's 2020. What, was, what else? <laughs> right. What was your meme earlier, like, Drea, that you shared? It was, like, the aliens. They're like, nah, we're cool. <laughs> like, this is why we don't show up. This is why we, we <laughs> never come to visit or... <laughs> Yeah, weren't we just talking about that with uh, another podcast we did? It's like Earth is the yeah. pull up your windows. Yeah. Spaceships go by. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, just to give you guys a couple of resources on uh, where you can donate. I've got a few few here and I will post them up on the website. Uh, there is the George Floyd Memorial Fund, which is on GoFundMe. If you type in George Floyd. You'll be able to donate directly and support his family. We've got the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which is a community-based nonprofit that pays criminal bail and immigration bonds for individuals who have been arrested while protesting police brutality. Uh, Unicorn Riot, which I've been watching a lot of their live feed videos. They're a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to exposing root causes of dynamic social and environmental issues. Uh, these are just a couple. We'll, we'll post them on the website. This is trying times, guys. I don't know. But it seems like, I just feel like, you know, people have been stuck inside for weeks now. And then this happened, and it's just, it's been an explosion of outrage. And people are pissed. It's fucking bullshit. Like, how many times does this have to happen? Hopefully, we do see some change. Um, God, like, I wish we had leadership to, you know, 
they're but, calling him like bunker bitch or something on twitter bunker boy <laughs> that's yeah go yeah hide in your bunker yeah, yeah. From, from the from the all the protesters outside of the white house i was actually watching that footage hmm. uh, earlier they were outside protesting and um well they were yeah there's been a lot of like people like what's what's actually going on in dc because they've been oh like, yeah videos and all that so they're out there with yeah. the riot police and everything but uh yeah fuck you donald trump for hiding in your bunker tweeting little bitch but uh <laughs> <laughs> sorry fucking asshole on that note right now we'll take a break right here on the sound sister podcast hey this is lynn from bad cop bad cop and you're listening to the sound sisters podcast hi Oh, you're in I don't know how long That's you were cool. on the line, but yeah, I, I uh, they went to space on Saturday and it looked cool. So <laughs> yeah, you gotta go if you have the opportunity, right? How many times? <laughs> how are you? Good. I'm just rolling a little joint right now. Tight. And it's like eight o'clock. I like her. I'm like always ready for bed. I'm like a grandma in that way. I want to go to bed always, all the time. As soon as it's like like nine, I'm ready. <laughs> nice. Sounds like our drummer. Yeah, right? really. Yeah. We call her the grandma. Like it, like barely goes dark, and she's like already passed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's me, dude. That's me. 100%. I'm like I'm ready, and I embrace it. I'm like I'm ready to go. I'm just gonna knit myself a sweater really quick. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Wait, you just said that you like knit yourself to sleep pretty much? That's I mean, crazy. I don't, but I would. <laughs> <laughs> it could be dangerous, potentially. Yeah, yeah. That's bad news, for sure. I feel like my right back here fair. is kind of a problem. You know what? I was about to say, we didn't start right. You're she's still- rolling a joint? I like her already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I like girl. So what's going on with you guys? Well, the whole country's falling apart. True, yeah. Shit's a little bit different in Canada right now. I gotta be honest. It's yeah. Tell it's us. not the same. Although I haven't right. really been outside, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I'm really at home. But uh, yeah, like I know we had some protests in Montreal and we had some protests in Toronto, mm-hmm. but it is fucking different, man. You guys are going through some real shit right now. And I feel a lot of empathy for what's happening over there. So are you, you're from you're born and raised in the in Canada or have you lived in the United States or traveled around to other spaces or yeah I mean so I'm Canadian I'm currently in this apartment in Hamilton Ontario which is just outside of Toronto so I was like you know born and raised in Toronto lived there for my 32 years uh well that's not true I've kind of lived in a few different places around Canada but yes I am very deeply Canadian as much as one can be with immigrant parents which I have. There was a, there was a funny uh, meme I saw that about Canada. It's like the Canadians are the upstairs apartment, and downstairs America is the meth lab apartment. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, I did not say that. No, but that was funny. I'm you know, like, ah, oh, that's funny shit because that's that's what's happening. Right now. <laughs> yeah, man, fuck, that's crazy. Yeah, shit. Oh my gosh. I have to lift this because my papers are underneath this box. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> Love it. So did we officially start interviewing? Uh, no. Okay, yeah. Are, no. we, are we going? We're rolling, but uh, ladies and We're gentlemen. Rolling, I guess. Because <laughs> honestly, that's just how I talk. I'm like, <laughs> like, wait, are we actually doing this right now? Wait, I should be more professional. I do interviews all day. I should have No, known. you're awesome. I mean, I didn't, I didn't officially introduce myself. How rude of me. I'm Angela Rose Red. That's who yes. I am. Angela, today. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and Gabby, I know, obviously, yeah. we've talked, mm -hmm. We're like old friends, obviously. Yep. Fuck. You know, Avi. Avi. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Drea. Drea. Yeah. Drea. Nice to meet you. And thank you, you for too. setting this whole thing up. Uh, thanks for agreeing to do this. Like, you're yeah. a professional, and we're just three dorks from mesa arizona, <laughs> arizona. <laughs> made from space which is clearly where you are right now oh, yeah. <laughs> it's earth man fuck me yeah i was so happy to do this as soon as i saw the email i was like hell yeah let's do it man uh, all right i'll just uh, i'll bring us back in and then uh we'll just kind of go with it there's no format to this so you got it um we'll probably ask you about she's a punk and we like to talk about ghosts and burritos so like i just ate a burrito Oh, oh shit! <laughs> I literally had a burrito for dinner. Damn. Sorry, go ahead. We can it's talk going about so well. After. This is awesome. I'm so right. sorry. You're like my kindred soul over there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Giving you all the fucking air hugs. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Sound Sister Podcast. Siobhan Woodrow. <laughs> 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 you like how zoom cuts out as soon as you have any sort of level of fun it just yeah. all the sound stops <laughs> the fun police i know it's really inconsiderate honestly they're dicks yeah. <laughs> oh when you talk about like aliens and ghosts and stuff you get cut off a lot really it freezes yeah yeah, yeah dude. we were talking about um this whole like spiritual like cleanse i found online about the pandemic and Facebook live kept cutting me off like at the really good parts of what I was reading. <laughs> so we have this theory that like, they just, they're listening and they're, they're cutting off the good stuff. But, I mean, they definitely are listening and I'm like, not a can, a can like a conspiratorial. Is that the word? I'm not that kind of dude at all, but they are totally listening. Like hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, and not listening too, because I mean, wish, pop-up ads are <laughs> fucking crazy though am i right <laughs> it's true like sometimes it's like so bang on and then other times it's like hey did you ever want to make a plaster mold of your vagina because now you can for three dollars you're like what the hey fuck i mold? wanted that <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna get that for you you see yeah, right, right. <laughs> or it's like no, hey but, and we also are our kooky sister podcast grave sisters we talk about a lot of like conspiracy theories ufo extra you know ghosts all kinds of good stuff but whenever we talk about the phoenix lights which i'm not i'm not sure if you're aware that happened it's like one of the most biggest documented ufo sighting that happened back um in phoenix arizona and uh it kept cutting out like mad during those times but when we talk about ghosts they don't give a shit but whenever it's ufos they're like no. ghosts are fine ghosts no. are like cool with it you know, it's the government that's the fucking problem, man. Ghosts right? are hip. They're chill. <laughs> they got all the chill. But yeah, anyway. exactly. Exactly. 
for our listeners that aren't familiar, why don't you tell us a little about, about uh, She's a Punk? Sure, yeah. Okay. Okay, so She's a Punk is a podcast that is basically centered around the female punk rock experience. Uh, you know, at the time when I was putting it together, I just, I was, well, I still am in radio. So I'll tell you in my day life, I'm a radio DJ. And in my nightlife, I'm a punk rock podcaster. So because I was a music director and on air at like a really traditional rock radio station, it sucked. <laughs> it was like, there was just like no women on air. There were, I was barely playing any female musicians. It, the, the representation was horrible. It was really, really terrible. And I was kind of constantly coming up against people in my industry being like, why aren't we playing more women? Why aren't we talking to more women? Why aren't we telling these stories? And I was always getting told no one wants to hear it. Like what? really like straightforward, like women That's don't true. test well. Oh yeah. And for a really long time, like on, on the radio, on two of the, the radio stations that I was at, I was the only woman. Um, and I did not like being the exception. It didn't make me feel fucking cool or like I was part of a club or something. I did not like it. So I just decided to make my own space and only interview women ever. And she's a punk only interviews. I mean, at least like non-male identifying folk. That's the jam. So it's a really a podcast about women who live their lives with a punk rock ethos. So you don't actually have to play music to be on She's a Punk. Maybe you're an activist or an artist or an extreme dog walker, whatever it is that you do in a punk rock way. And you just live your truth, man. So that's how She's a Punk came to be. Fuck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So great. Now Mm. let's go back to, you know, you saying that, you were really getting shunned away from your ideas because they don't test well. Like give me timeline. Whereabouts were you having these kind of conversations? Right. Like, so this was not in the nineties or anything. This was like <laughs> right. like a year ago, which is a yeah. huge disappointment to, to find yeah, out. Honestly. Uh, yeah, I know. It's like back in 1952, <laughs> they didn't really <laughs> have women on the radio. That's a, but it's just now it's now it's real. So, I, it's it's dicey because I did work for a really big broadcaster, so I try not to okay. toss names around. But just know that like this is these were really big radio stations. It was shocking how frequently I came up against like white like we were just you know playing the white stripes because Meg White is the drummer doesn't count as having like women on air. You know what I mean? That's just yeah. that's just not it. I couldn't win that fight. I've since left the, that, that radio station. And I've moved on. I'm, I'm now on satellite radio. So now I'm on Sirius XM, which is a way different world uh, in terms of radio. And I play women all the time. And I advocate for, for women artists. And I play female bands, not just female fronted bands. I mean, like, I want women producers. I want, I, I'm, I make sure that I am combing through the music and the art that gets sent to me to make sure that there's equal representation. Because it's really important to me. Fuck. Well, thanks yeah, for fighting the yeah. fight system. Yeah. Fucking Fuck yeah. Bad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck. It's a problem. So how, how did you get into radio? I mean, seriously, you just talked through some of the raddest gigs in the world. Like you, you get to talk about music all day and just be a badass. And how did that come about? I kind of always wanted to be like a voice actor when I was a kid. Like I was really obsessed. Well, I'm still really obsessed with cartoons, but 
I remember being a little kid and I found out that Bart Simpson was a woman. It was voiced by Nancy Cartwright. And it like blew my mind apart when I was a little kid. I was like, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up. I want to be silly for a living. I want to laugh all day. And then as I got older, I really kind of like got picked on for my voice. Like I really got made fun of a lot when I was a kid because of the way that I sounded. And it doesn't sound that weird. I'm like, my voice doesn't sound that weird when you're an adult, but when you're a kid, <laughs> it does. <laughs> Is so, it like the same exact voice? But it's, but yes, you're like, yes, but trapped in a tiny woman, little girl's body. So it was not, <laughs> it was not doing me any favors and being popular. So I got made fun of and I was like, oh, fuck, I sound like an idiot. And I like all this weird music when I was a kid. And honestly, it just progressed. So when I was like, 26 years old I had been traveling around Canada I was just kind of like living my life like a big drunk weirdo I didn't really have a lot of direction and then I was like yo I'm gonna go to school for radio broadcasting and I actually went to school for broadcasting in Toronto I busted my balls and got hired right out of school so that's yeah that's kind of the name of that tune yeah, so and I started out. I started out as a pop station too. So like the very what? first uh, gig that I got, because I was like, I'm happy to work. I'll work. I was like, you know, Henry yeah. Rollins' work ethic. You take work where you can get it. So I went to a pop yeah. station, 107.5 Cool FM, cool with a K. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, liking pop music can be punk rock too. I mean, like you could be like, fuck hey, you. Yeah. Here's some Dude, good pop The new Lady songs. Gaga album is out, and it is Dude, so fucking I love my good. pop songs. Yeah. I mean, pop punk, right? Gabby, that's the space you live Everything. in. Like, oh, yeah. You're shit, you know? So I also read that you're a textile artist. You're also, like, writing your first book. Like, what? Like, tell me. You're awesome. I mean, these are all just amazing <laughs> things. Can we just talk more about your day and how you live this awesome life? I am a very busy person. Honestly, it's kind of like... It's actually something that I'm like actively trying to pull back on in my life. Like if I'm being completely honest with you guys, because I feel like we've known each other all for so long now. I feel so close to all of you. (laughs) I am like really, I'm actually in counseling right now. I'm in therapy because I've kind of like run my life into like a weird, I do too much shit. And I, I can't help it. Like, I have this, like, real drive to just find things out. It's not that, like, I am an ambitious person, but I'm also a really curious person. And when I get an idea in my head, I'm like, yo, I could probably do that. And if I can't do that, I'll figure out how to do it or I'll make it up until somebody believes that I am doing it and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pulling it off. Like, so, yeah, I, you know. Glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> you just described all three of us. Like, that's- yeah. You guys are like that too? Well, I yeah. mean, you guys are in a band you do a podcast you do two podcasts yep yeah we do two podcasts they're in the band i'm a photographer journalist and i do communications outside of here full-time too yeah we're all and then i also do some zine stuff on the side every now and again so oh i'm a big fan of a zine i love i I wanted to ask you about your zines okay so what's what's some of your favorite zines out right now uh, okay so there's this one called vinyl dyke it's a woman and she's in germany And she's really, really obsessed with, like, 90s, I would say, like, grunge, like, Riot Girl era stuff. She makes makes mixtapes, like, actual physical cassette tapes. Yeah, yeah. That uh, she puts out, like, every month of, um, I guess, like, a lot of, like, a lot of, like, German punk rock and a lot of German Riot Girl. But I guess it's just, like, European Riot Girl. And she puts these tapes out in conjunction with zines. She's a really, really rad girl. Yeah, definitely, definitely check out Vinyl Dyke. 
would recommend. I think she follows the pinks on Instagram. That, no that doubt. Really I would familiar. not be surprised. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's all over it. She's really, really a great advocate for, for female artists, man. Well, and you, you've played the pinks on the podcast. Um, yes, I have. <laughs> the pinks. You know about, I remember tagging them on one of your posts looking and I tagged the pinks, but I don't know if you knew them before then. And if you did, it, how did you discover them? Okay, so I've been, I've been aware of Venomous Pinks. I mean, this is so embarrassing because you guys are in front of me. But, but like, for a while, like, I just kind of, you guys were always on my radar just because, you know, probably just like you, you know, you go out of your way to, to find great music and you go out of your way to find really great artists and, like, people that you want to connect with, you know? Like, that's been one of the coolest things about She's a Punk is that I've made so many friends. I've made so many connections and like, there's just such an awesome community of women all around you. And like, everyone's there to support you. So I was like, whenever I would like share the venomous pink stuff, just in my stories and stuff like that back in the day. And I was like, that's what I can do to support people on Instagram. It's just like the awareness. Sometimes that's enough, especially when, you know, so many of us are like broke starving artists you know just all you can do is like share the information and and hopefully it gets into the right hands you know you guys she just was over in canada loving her life <laughs> and loving the bed of his peaks what yeah do you think that's about awesome <laughs> yeah <It's rad. laughs> and i just like found you guys like really through the internet just by Fucking being an active oh, participant <laughs> in the punk scene you know Hey, dude. So are you a musician? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and imagine that was like old, like old lineup, old music stuff. Oh, yeah. Why? Is this a Yeah. Well, they changed up their lineup and, you know, changed up their sound a lot. And I also sometimes I go on tour and stuff with them, too. And that's a lot of fun. Do you ever go on tour with bands and stuff and do that kind of thing? I kind of saw in, in my cyber stalking that you you know, travel a bit, you know, when we were able to anyway. Yeah. Or adventure, oh, I should say. Oh, that, those are fond memories for me. <laughs> no, I've <laughs> never, been, I've never been out on tour. I don't play anything. I'm not a musician. I am just a true blue fucking fan. That's what I am. Like I am just a fan through and through. I'm a fan of people's work and I love seeing people succeed and I love you know, helping in that journey. It's kind of like, you know, why ending up at Sirius XM was like so positive in so many ways. It's just like, I love supporting people who care about what they do. You it's know? just that fucking simple. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I'm not a hater. <laughs> I love it. Like when people are doing well, I love it. Like I love seeing people grow and, and mm-hmm. you know, be successful, especially when it's a space that doesn't generally allow for people like them to thrive you know that's why i just love seeing folk that aren't men do really great things in punk well and talking about community another platform that's amazing mabel syndrome i know you guys did yes. dual interviewing we're friends with a lot of those ladies and we've definitely um, met them all on tour and everything but they have a fucking army which is pretty great you know oh, I love it. yeah they do and i think it's <laughs> yeah. it, i mean i think it's, it's like a fucking army of just supportive women and stuff and i think it's great because with these different you know podcasts like you have your own voice so does mabel syndrome and then w- we're just nerds doing whatever and just stoked <laughs> that if people listen so that's <laughs> just kind of what we do you know 
but it's all based from DIY mentality, which is pretty great to hear someone like you, even though you have that background in radio broadcasting, you still did She's Punk Like with on Punk Ethics DIY Ground Up. So oh, fuck yeah. like, ha- ha- talk about the beginning stages of developing it. And did you, you know, what did you do to get where you're at right now? Because you have a great following. Yeah, man, I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> like, like, I feel really lucky. Like, sometimes, like, I, I can't, She's a Punk grew sort of quickly, I gotta be honest with you. Like, not for nothing, I was grinding. I would wake up at, like, 5 a.m., and I would be cutting together interviews and doing correspondence and then going to work for, you know, for eight, because I was, like, doing the morning show for a little bit and whatever, but, and then coming home and doing interviews and then chopping them up again, and then I put a lot of time and energy into She's a Punk, so I'm really glad that it paid off in the way that it did, but, like, sometimes it felt quick. Like, I kind of couldn't believe the the listenership that it built in the time that it did, because it's only been around for a year, and I just busted my tits to, <laughs> to make it happen. Uh, but yeah, in terms of like the DIY stuff, man, like I wish you guys could see, you can't really tell. You see this black box here? Yeah. 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 That's my studio. Oh, damn. So that's made out of wood and it's sitting on a desk and it's about, it's about like three, three feet, no, like two and a half feet deep and maybe three and a half feet tall with like padding all in it. And I stick my head in it and I do my interviews. And I do, I do like all my voiceover and all that stuff too, man. That's awesome. I have the easiest visual right now. Like, literally, (laughs) it's just me. Like, (laughs) hi. You put a camera in there. She's a punk. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta send us photos of that. (laughs) I will. I know it's it's real. It's very real. It's actually kind of crazy because I'm also a voiceover person. So, like, I I do commercials and stuff like that. And there's like fully commercials that run like a, across Canada that are just recorded in my piece of shit apartment. And they, no one knows. <laughs> well, dude, you can tell all those kids that made fun of you. Fuck you. Like, yeah, I know. Right now. I Fuck pay you. my rent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck those kids. <laughs> I know. That's how I feel. <laughs> I know, don't you have a poster back there that says camera or what does it say? Well, that's Patty Smith. That's my oh, okay. Yeah, great. totally and did she, not read camera, that Camera, Angela? It does say camera. You're <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I just think it's, it's very pixelated. So no, it says camera because it was, she was doing a photo exhibition at the Royal That's Ontario amazing. Museum. So Patty Smith is like, she's my hero. Not worthy. I'm not Patty worthy. Smith and, and Indiana Jones. Fuck. <laughs> In that order? In that order? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Conan O'Brien. Fuck. <laughs> are, you, are you a Star Wars fan? Are you a... My partner is very, very into yeah. I see. Okay. I really liked Indiana Jones. Like, Indiana Jones is my jam. So then, like, eventually I watched him, and I was like, oh, Han Solo yeah. is also kind of like Indiana Jones, but in space. I'm sure that's really <laughs> going to annoy a lot of people that I said that. But, like, forgive me. I'm not a Star Wars person. I'm an Indiana Jones person. So <laughs> Okay. But, okay, in order, from favorite to least favorite, go. What, uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones or, yeah. or Star Wars? No, no, no. Okay, I will tell you. But... I was always under the impression that Crystal Skull was not as bad as I thought it was, which is the fourth Indiana Jones. So truthfully, okay, I'll tell you, three is the best, and then one, and then two, and then four. And I heard that they're making a new one again, and they're bringing Harrison Ford out of retirement. I don't know. I didn't hear. Did you hear about that, Angela? They're making another one? 
I mean, no, I mean, I did. I didn't hear that. But Canada's got the no. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> we're writing like assholes. <laughs> yes, that's what I heard. So sorry. What I meant to say was Crystal Skull was the fourth one with Shia LaBeouf. And everyone was like, boo, this is so stupid. And I was like, you guys, it's not that bad. And then I watched yeah. it again and I was like, oh, I was super wrong for like a full decade. That movie is <laughs> fucking terrible. I'm walking around like an asshole being like, you guys, for the Indiana Jones, not so bad. Yes, it is. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad. I think it is plausible to think, okay, going back into like aliens in Mexico, yes, there is something there. Shia LaBeouf, mm, I think we can find a better son to play, obviously, Indiana Jones' son. I don't know. But I didn't think it was that bad. I don't know, though. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as everybody said. And I think I was just like, everyone's bandwagon Hayden on this movie. It's not that bad. People got mad because he threw himself into a refrigerator when the huge atomic blast happened. I'm like, guys, think about in uh, Temple of Doom, he rips a guy's heart out of his chest and is pumping in his hand and nobody had a problem with that. So like, just suspend your disbelief for a second and chill out. Exactly. No love for you, Dr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was always, I was always a fan. I think this is a new podcast, man. Yeah. It's just us talking about old Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> we could do this. I don't know. I'm a kid from the '80s, so like, I grew up on like Temple of Doom. Like, that was I like even watch it now. Like on like that's the one movie that I'll always like put on or like watch and just you can just watch it over and over and over. They're my sick movies. Like when I'm sick and at home in bed, I want to watch Indiana Jones. Yeah, I watched all four of them very very recently which is how i discovered that about crystal skull again and felt like a dickhead you jumped it up you jumped yeah i'm jonesing (laughs) (laughs) oh i if you if you haven't gathered i win at dad jokes you're welcome oh i love it already okay so going back into she's a punk um you interviewed alice bag amazing were you nervous yes yeah. Yes, I was. Yeah. Sorry, I have three-day-old hair right now. Like, I haven't washed my hair in three days, so like it's just like slipping out of this bun every time I have a good time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I feel that. I feel that. Uh, Alice Bag is incredible. She is a fucking living legend and was so kind and was so gracious, and I will tell you a story about that interview. I was very, very prepared. I couldn't even believe that she had said yes. Wait, wait, wait. did you just email her directly or like how did that work out? That's how I do it every time. I am Uh, just ballsy and I get a lot of no's. Yeah. It does not always work, dude. I feel that. Yeah. Fucking you just try it anyways and then sometimes people will say yes. And that's what I did with Alice Beg. And I I I don't like I use my Gmail account. Like it's just my (laughs) name. Like there's no reason for her to say yes, but I'm just like, here's all my credentials, like here's my she's a punk website. Like I'm not a freak much. And please let me interview you. <laughs> and she was like, of course, I would love to. You tell me the time that you want me, living legend Alice Bag, to just do your stupid podcast that you make out of your apartment. And I was like, holy shit, this is fucking crazy. So I prepare like a motherfucker. I'm like listening to the bags for on repeat for days leading up to this. I'm like, holy shit, I, I got to get my history intact. So we get on the call. It's on Skype. And because we were using Skype, I was like, hey, Alice, let's shut off the video portion because it makes the audio better. So I can't see here. We're just talking. 
does my computer not all of a sudden ping? We have to shut your computer down because you use a PC and we need to do updates. And I was like, Alice, I have 15 seconds. This thing is counting down. I can't, I can't make it do the thing because I've put off my updates for too long because I'm irresponsible. It's shutting it down right now. And I swear to God, as soon as like the timer was closing down on me, she was like, that's okay. I'll just wait right here. You can call me back. Oh, my God. And I was like, I just fucking updated on Alice Bag. (laughs) Because you didn't update your computer all week. Your computer told you 10 times to update, and you didn't. You bitch. (laughs) But she was there, so I had to update my whole computer. It took so – it felt like 100 years. It was probably like six minutes. It felt so long. I turned my computer back on, blah, 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 Skype. There's Alice Bag, and she was waiting for me like a kind, wonderful person. Like every podcaster's like worst fear. That is totally, and it's it's a fear you can avoid. It was my (laughs) fault. It was really my fault. So, do you update things now? I mean, no. (laughs) But sometimes, more often, (laughs) we see it closing. We know what's up, right? Yeah, we're like, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, but Alice Bag was really incredible, and she was really, really professional, and it was the longest She's a Punk episode to date, is the Alice Bag episode, and it is, like, I think a minute, or sorry, an hour 25. Like, it's it's long as fuck. And that I would, almost That's considered no short for us. <laughs> oh, really? We talked oh, really? about it. <laughs> ch- I chopped mine, mine to hell, and I, I yeah. put things in it, so I try to make it shorter to, like, really condense the story, because I'm, like, trying to tell a life story. Right. And with Alice Bag, I just kind of, like, let her go. I just let her talk. She's so... She was, she's a good talker. Yeah. Yeah. And sincere. She's really, like... I don't know, for somebody that just had such a big part of, like, the first wave, like, 77 movement, like, she's so fucking kind, and, like, I don't know. She's so sincere. She's a really sincere dude. Like, she had no ego. Okay, so on top of Alice Bag, who is on your, like, I want to really talk to them on my podcast list? Well, I definitely want to interview Patty Smith. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my pie in the sky. Maybe one day. I have no idea. Uh, I mean, I would love to speak to Laura Jane Grace. That would be a really, mm-hmm. really big get for me. I've been listening to Against Me since, I don't know, forever. I don't know. That list can get really long. I would love to talk to Patricia Morrison. She'd be cool. Susie, Susie Sue, that'd be incredible. I don't know. I really love the history of punk. So I love modern women, like the women that are currently contributing, obviously. But I'm just such a sucker for music history. So yeah. Fuck yeah. Do you have like a journalistic background then too? I know that you said you went to school for broadcasting, but or is it just something natural in you that just loves asking people give up the deets of their life? (laughs) Like Tell me your shit. It's weird. Like, I am just, I think because I'm like, I'm very sincerely curious. I think it translates. Like, I I don't have a journalistic background, but I have been on radio for a long time. Those things are kind of separate. Like, I'm I'm not from a news world. I'm from a music world. So my whole thing is just like, just talking shit about music and just hanging out. So I don't have technically a journalist background, but I have always been a really, really big fan of the interview. Like, I just love the interview I always have like I spend I, do you remember when YouTube how old are you guys do you remember when YouTube came out yeah yeah okay yeah. that's what I thought yeah. I remember I don't know when the hell that was like 2006 I want to say or something yeah somewhere 
five was or like, six. Oh my God, yeah. there's a website that just contains all interviews ever. And that's like all I did was just binge and binge interviews all the time. It was all I cared about. And I just really sincerely love getting to know people. You love documentaries, right? Oh, you love documentaries. Crazy for documentaries. I'm kind of working on a documentary right now. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm going up against a lot of roadblocks right now, but I have portions of it written. That's fucking exciting. And and you're you're writing a book. Are you allowed to talk about that? Well, oh God. To me, I do have this, this deep dream of basically making a coffee table zine. So I see that is of those proportions. That's fucking rad. Right. And just kind of make it really about like every woman that's ever been on Cheese of Punk, anyone who's ever contributed on Cheese of Punk, everybody who's in that kind of community and like let them submit in the traditional way you would create a zine and just make it like a retrospective. So I'm just always, you should see, I have these like accordion folders where I save like every interview question, anything that I've ever gotten from anyone, I save it in this book or sorry, in this accordion folder. So I'm like, one day it'll be a zine, maybe, I hope. Yeah. Well, I'm just such a fan of like analog and print materials. I love print magazines, zines, like all kinds of stuff. I feel that, you know, as much as I love the digitized world, I mean, of course we have to as like podcasters. I mean, we, we, we have our platforms and we can move forward in that space. And I do love digital like advancements. I still uh, really crave, and I think the world craves tangible things. Right. And so that's where like print is just the fucking best, you know, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. That's awesome. So have you created, have you been in the zine world yourself then a lot, like as far as writing stuff? Oh, man. Uh, yes, I did put out two zines. Nope, three. Put out three zines uh, in like my earlier 20s. So I was 22 and 24. And I schlepped them around. One is sitting currently in the Toronto Zine Library. So that's kind of cool. But I never, I kind of stayed like a fan, you know, like, I just love zines. I actually made a whole episode on zine culture uh, for She's a Punk. And I, I interviewed like three different women and some like just really, really inventive zinesters where, again, it's kind of the thing where like, I, I want to try it. I want to do it. So I do it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to try this thing. But I always end up being a fan of other people's work. And I just love like, I don't know. That's why it ends up as like a, you know, a podcast episode where it's three different women and they're all talking about the beginning stages of zines, what zines were in the nineties and what zines are currently in the digital yeah. age. I'm with you. I feel like, I feel like I'm talking to my kindred spirit over here. Fucking A. <laughs> Let other people talk. <laughs> I could geek out about zines for a long time. So I love the culture. I love how it like reflected as far as like music and everything. And it's pretty interesting just to see, you know, how it's still a thing. There's this uh, great shop that's called Wasted uh, Ink Wasted Ink Zine Distro, and you could check them out. But it's an actual like zine dedicated store, and they freaking have store. Well, they did before the pandemic, of course, but had store hours and just housed. I mean, I had one of my zines in there too that because we did a. Uh, with this other organization, Punk Forefront, we did this like zine and everything and gave it to people for free. But I just love the culture surrounding it because really when you what you get for selling a zine is not that much. You have to love it. And it's more to keeping these things alive. So I think that's pretty great. Um, totally, man. And truthfully, if you think about it, like in the way that zines functioned 
back in the day. I feel like they're a little bit more expressive now where it is in the nineties, it was truly a vehicle for information plus expression mm -hmm. uh, because we don't, don't need, we don't have to rely on that as much now. We can rely on the internet. I think about like how I would have, if this was back in the day, I would have found the venomous pinks through a zine yeah. if this yeah. was a different time, you know, because quite frankly, one would have existed where they would have, you guys would have been featured and I would have found it because when you're eager to find out about the people in your community, the folk that really care, you find a way and you, and you make those connections. And, you know, that's kind of what Instagram and, and blogs provide for us now. And certainly podcasts um, kind of function like in the same way that zines do, they provide that same information. So it's weird. Like, yeah, I found the venomous pigs through Instagram essentially, and then listened to their music, but that just would have been a zine back in the day. Straight it's up. true yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean me me and gabby ran a a zine well i you know az chaos for a while and it was paper and then eventually it went to digital because what i don't know why'd you move it to digital dude because that's what the time was man yeah like, yeah you know i i moved so it was a paper magazine and then i turned it into digital because um, it's hard man it's hard to print shit. it's a labor of love yeah yeah yeah, that's, you know, that's why it's, it, there's not a ton of bands cutting vinyl still. Like, it's just, sometimes wanting to do something doesn't make it tangible when it comes to finances. That's just tough, man. Dude, I uh, I feel that. We've been trying to get a vinyl pressed for, like, I think a year now. A year now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard to go back. Like, it, 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 it all comes down to, like, finances and it is, yeah. trying to find somebody to the cash because vinyl is expensive super expensive i know yeah. man and like i really like less <laughs> bands approach me part of my gig my day job is to that i just literally comb through emails all day and listen to music so i'm like open listen open listen open listen and you know some of those bands will never so much as have a cd let alone do a run of 12 yeah. inches you know not all of them are good <laughs> so what exactly it will made. what cut what like when you listen to a song what gets that pushed onto Sirius XM yeah. listen people because this is probably good <laughs> <laughs> the golden information uh, well it depends so I actually run three stations so it really comes down to what station you're trying to get it onto uh, all those stations have like a very distinct sound um, one of them is like Pretty much an out and out pop station so you know you got to be big pop bangers mm -hmm. and in that case you know it's not independent bands it's uh record labels you know it's universal coming after me trying to get a listening meeting where you know uh, a major label universal sony warner whatever they come to me and they basically have little listening parties they've got like you know four or five bands that they're trying to push on you here's the big single for right now this is when the rest of the album is going to come out and da -da 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 -da. they have the whole you know, the whole play for the record as it's being released, as I'm sure you guys kind of know to some degree, right? Or it's mm -hmm. like there's a plan for, for mm -hmm. your album release. So that's what they do. But independent bands, basically what they do, I can tell you, is that you go to SiriusXM.com. Literally, there is a music submission link. You click on that link. It is a drop-down form, much like if you were submitting music to She's a Punk. They're very similar 
things you drop in your mp3 or your wave and you fill out your information you try to describe yourself as best you can and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't <laughs> you have people that like submit after like over and over and over and over and over and over again trying to break through oh yeah to get like duplicate yeah Oh yeah, so I, that de- that definitely happens, and you know what? Good on them because a lot of people are really fucking passive about their goals, and you know what? It fucking sucks. It's heartbreaking to get no's. I get it because I've gotten a lot of no's, and it sucks, man. Maybe one of the worst things, but I love seeing those people that are like, they're applying again, or they're trying it again. Like, hey, here's here's the new single. Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing because. You shouldn't be passive about the shit that you want. If you want your band to make it, it's tough, but there is a lot of things that you can do to work for you. So you, it, it really is a grind, man. Hustle it. You gotta hustle, you know? <laughs> like, there are really, really great, amazing bands that don't hustle and they don't make it. And then there are mediocre bands who bust their fucking balls and they will find some level of success just because they worked harder there's so there's so much to be said about work ethic you know and to, to for the hunger like you said you got to keep that going within reason i mean i am in therapy now but like <laughs> like within reason <laughs> i think it's amazing that you openly talk about it. i've i was in therapy on and off like over the years and i think that there's such like a still a stigma against like mental health and being open about it but you know, I think it's rad, you know, to talk about it too and just to bring it out there because there's so many people out there that are afraid to take those steps. So Yeah, it's true, you. man. Yeah. I know them and I'm actively telling everybody around me to go talk to somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, Angela. Just go, Angela. That's why we're here. This is an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> we're not really recording an episode. Go to fucking therapy, bitch. Damn. <laughs> no, I think it's good, too. I, I mean, it's it's definitely a subject that kind of gets swept under. I mean, I've, I've gone to therapy, and I think everybody should go to therapy, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know any. I've never met a single person in my life who couldn't use at least a single opportunity to talk to a professional. No, I was telling you to go fucking every day. But, like, what kind of a weird, sheltered life did you live that you don't need to talk to a therapist at least once? There's just no one. There's no one, man. Like, I feel so bad for these folk that are around me. They're like, uh, it's just that I don't need it. I don't really need it. I'm like, you do. And that's just not bad. We all do. I do. We all do. It's okay, man. It is just fine. You know what? It makes you fucking tough to go and talk about your feelings. That is a tough guy thing to do. So go be a tough guy. Put on your put on your panty, big girl panties, and do it. Yeah. Let's fucking do this. Put your bra on one titty at a time. Bra up. Go, bra up. Yeah. go talk to somebody. Legit, that's what my husband says when I'm being like all insecure. He's all bra up. Like, hey, like tits up. Tits up. Tits up. Come on. Tits out, tits up. Either one. Tits up. you know who i think would really beneficial from therapy is like band group counseling yeah band dude i've band canceled these bitches (laughs) didn't you guys see the metallica documentary from back in the day some kind of monster like everyone needs it yeah not above lars everyone needs it (laughs) 
Well, think about it. There's just so much interpersonal relationships. And when you're in a band or when you're in any sort of creative foundation with someone, it's like it, it gets you on a different level than a romantic relationship does. Very you know? fucking intimate. It's super, super intimate to be in a band because not only are you teammates, but you are, oh my God, business partners, your creative partners, and you cannot fuck to solve your problems. So you just have to work them out which sucks, but that's true. <laughs> yeah. Or when you say, what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> Bad one. You got to say, what's up? What's up? Nothing. <laughs> Please. There you go. New, new podcast show YouTube idea right there. Truthfully, yeah, nothing would bring me more joy than yes. giving bands uncredited counseling. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I actually, I'm not joking. Band. I've done this for a few different bands. Like, really? They would ask me like opinions or what they should do and you know, whatever. We should right. do that. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. <laughs> you guys should do it. It'd probably, it'd probably yeah. fucking go off. Yeah. I would love it. I would love it. Because I'll my... be contacting you later. <laughs> Please I'm let like, me know. Think, I will I'm help. Kidding. <laughs> so my three pillars, I always say this, are learning, friendship, and punk rock. That's those are the three things that make up Siobhan Woodrow. So I feel like that kind of kind of adds everything together. <laughs> friendship is there. <laughs> There's something there. Yep. So uh how did you get into punk rock? Like we didn't even cover that. That's like one of the most basis <laughs> questions ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, people ask me that fucking all the time and I don't yeah. really know how to answer. Like, right. It's really hard for me to remember, like, especially because so, okay. So I'm 32 for context of time and age. So when I was younger, uh, let's see, like, and out the come the walls had come out already. Dookie had come out. All of those like big, yeah. I don't know what do you want to call that. Second wave, third wave. It depends on how you look at the UK eighty two movement. We don't have to get super analytical about this, but you see what I'm saying. Yeah. That nineties era of punk. Okay, so that's what I know. That's what's on television. That's what's on radio to some degree. Okay, so then I just remember my sister was really into like my older sister, like goth rock. She was very into like Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails which I liked as well. But because when you're a kid, you hate your sister. You're like, I'm going to be the opposite of this bitch right. because fuck her. Give me my shirt back. Shut the fuck up. So <laughs> I kind of like almost sometimes I feel like in retrospect, it was like, was it out of spite that I was just going to listen to like fast music instead because I was mad at my sister? Hard to say. But here we are. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, even talking back to almost anybody that, has punk rock in their hearts. I think it's almost one of those things that you didn't even realize it was in some instances. Like, I mean, I couldn't remember the first time we heard like The Clash or Joan Jett or The Ramones. And I know those are just whatever. But I mean, even dating back, like, okay, you know, if we want to, like you said, philosophically, like how far do we want to get back into this? Just gravitating naturally towards the um, the uh, pirates of the music world or those yep. unsettlers, those that shake things up. I think that that, is something that has been inside of every single person that I've encountered that has the genre of music in their soul. It's one constant thing. So oh, for sure, dude. Like, I, like right I think, like I feel like the, the the reason why I liked punk rock so much when I was a kid and why it spoke to me is just because like that's how I felt already, and then I just found music mm -hmm. that felt 
the way that I felt. Like music didn't inform my attitude. My natural attitude informed the music that I ended up seeking out. That's just kind of how it was. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I'm blowing So, yeah, I mean, I was just like a shitty little kid and I just like wanted to be bad and smoke cigarettes and I don't know, just do stuff like that. And then I literally, I remember hearing, or rather I saw the music video uh, for Ruby Soho on Much Music, which is like our television or music station here. It was on uh, like late at night and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then like, like my brain rewired and that was kind of the end of it. Like that little math calculation. Yeah, it was just like, oh, this is how you feel. Oh. This is what's happening. I get it. Yes. It's like a soundtrack for for who I already was. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) No, it was, uh, I forget. Oh, yeah, it was like the uh, Lars. It was, was, I think, the other F word when he was talking about Uh, listening to Pete Rock for the first time. How it like scared you, but gave you him a boner oh. at the same time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was the best quote ever, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly gave you the biggest lady boner ever. <laughs> yeah, straight up boners. Still, I still have a boner for it. Yeah, exactly. I do. And we all know that I have a boner for Lars. Remember? <laughs> There was there was one time I was like in the pit and I was photographing and then I stopped and I was just like watching him play. I was like, oh fuck, I need to be taking photos right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm I'm more right. of a Matt Freeman kind of gal, but I'm yeah. picking up what you're putting down. I knew you would. I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, going back to kind of some of your earlier talk um, about trying to overcome adversity within the um, a male-dominated, you know, uh, medium, how did you push forward? Did you get a lot of that personally? I mean, I say that almost like a statement because, of course, you did. But is there any sort of advice that you could kind of bestow upon our listeners? Because I feel like everybody at, th- at this point in our in society has felt that or is currently feeling that, but... What did you do to push forward in those situations? So definitely professionally, I, I came up against that. Um, I was also, you know, a music director when I was pretty young. Like I was a music director by the time I was 30. Um, and that means that like I came into the workspace with, you know, nothing but dudes who have been in radio for 30 years. Um, so, you know, that can kind of kick your ass. I, I got, I had a really... If I'm being completely honest, I had a hard fucking time for a while, man. It was tough. Like, I had to, oh my God, I'd work like such long hours. Like, I would go to the radio station. I would be there for like sometimes, there was months where I would be there like a few times a week for like 10 hours just trying to prove to everybody like, I'm working so hard. Don't you see that I deserve to be here? Like, I'm clearly the dude for this gig. Don't fucking give me such a hard time without saying any of that stuff. And, uh, you know, it ended up working. It's not like, I think I did change some people's minds. It's hard because some people won't change their mind about that, especially when you're a younger woman. Uh, not that I'm particularly young, but I was so much younger than them. It really did not help me, man. So the only thing that I could do was keep working hard, you know, because that's the only way that you can prove yourself is like, I'm doing it and I'm doing it really well. The best revenge is just 
fucking succeeding, you know? And I didn't, I truthfully, like, sometimes this is not good advice, but like, I didn't go to HR. I didn't tell anyone about the shit that I was catching. I really didn't. And I do not recommend that for other people. I think that if you're, you know, having a really, really hard time as a woman in the space that you occupy, you really should reach out to your community. You should reach out to the people that make you feel safe if you feel unsafe. And I don't care where that is. You need to figure that out. But for me, coming forward would have only made my life so much fucking harder. And I knew it. So I just, just, just held on. And I just kept working hard every single day. And eventually, it didn't necessarily work out within that space, although I was fairly well liked, you know, by listeners and everything, it worked out in a way that I was, I work at Sirius XM now because I was stolen away because they found me and they took me. So whenever I think back to how, how bad it was, and I don't know if you've ever had a time in your workplace where you're just like catching so much shit for things that only really kind of have to do with your gender and your age and like things that you can't control just have nothing to do with you. But like, if you hold on and you fucking own your space and you just keep being your damn self, it will work out. And that's what I saw. I got all teary eyed. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's all all three of us, man. We freaking (laughs) hustle and buzz hard because it's the same shit. You know? It sucks, man. It sucks really bad because it's like I'm trying so hard, you know, and people, some people will will change their minds and you'll be the reason why they fucking change their mind and some people won't and they'll never change. You, but you might change while trying to push forward and that's, those changes are the most powerful. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. we're the ones like creating spaces, you know, like truthfully, if it wasn't for me just fucking catching it so so badly i don't know that she's a punk would exist and you i wouldn't have had a way to connect with you guys and we wouldn't be having this conversation right now and it's because somebody didn't fucking believe in me damn (laughs) i'm so glad you did fuck them yeah (laughs) fuck them because you have no idea how much we're best friends right now (laughs) we are we are i do know I mean, that's, that's kind of like, like, um, that's always what, you know, the bands always kind of build on too, is we've been told no a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We still get told no, but, uh, we're just kind of like, fuck you. Well, we're going to do it anyway. I've been in photo pits where a guy with my gear asked me if, oh, you're, you pointed to another photographer mentioning that I was his significant other. I hadn't even talked to that guy at all, but he just assumed that I was, you know, because you were standing next to him, holding somebody's camera, and I'm like, and it's weird to me because I'm so fortunate that my mom, like, I'm gonna boast about my mom a little bit, but she helped. Yes, me I love a mom, love. Yeah, dude, she helped build a huge house next to my dad from the ground up, rebuild our engines, but then she also did the sewing and crafting and artsy stuff too, because she loved that, you know? So whenever sexism kind of comes into the conversation, I always instantly like look behind me like, Oh, is this really happening? Is this fucking happening still? Cause it's, it's, it's just, I can't, you know, and it's, no matter how, how much it's happened, it's still shocking to me because <laughs> I just like, is this really a thing? But I know. Luckily, yeah, I know. It's shocking. Luckily, you know, I have, you know, you know, we have 
individuals like each other to lift us up. I mean, these girls, like, they fucking took me on tour just because I joking, like, we were friends, but I wanted to go on tour, and they just gave me, gave me a chance, and now they're, like, my bestest friends ever, and I fucking love them, and, like, that's, and it's all through music, you know, and it's yeah. all through people telling you no, so. Yeah. And it's all through you being good dudes to each other. Like, let's not forget that. Like, community doesn't exist without the willingness and the want to connect. You know, you guys are together because all three of you likely share the common value of supporting other women. You know, it's, that's not a coincidence. You guys are, are connected to each other because you have that in common, which is fucking beautiful. I think she just podcast counseled us there. So are we adding that to our menu of our yeah, <laughs> like We are. And band counseling, is that what we're going to do? Yes. <laughs> so I, all right. So I have to ask you this question. So I ask this question all the fucking time. Just go with it. It's the yeah. one. And then when I don't ask it, I get called out. Okay. So if you were a burrito, what kind of burrito would you be? Easy. Okay. This is how it goes. So I ate a burrito <laughs> right before I got on with you guys. Literally, that's what I had for dinner. Okay. So this is how it goes. It goes black beans, brown rice, lettuce, veggie ground round, like veggie crumble. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Fake cheese, guacamole if you got it on a whole wheat wrap. That's the jam. That says a lot about you as a per You know, I dig yeah. it. I dig it guacamole if you got it if you got it if you're packing avocados i want them i feel like all the food groups were appropriately represented yeah and even (laughs) though i eat fake cheese i still want lots of it oh and salsa and salsa gotta keep that shit spicy gotta keep that shit spicy actually i'm irish i use like a mild salsa i literally i can't (laughs) more than that I know it's do you not like cool. Irish Irish bands. <laughs> do, do people always go like, "Do you like Irish Literally. bands?" Do they always <laughs> ask you that? Is that the one like? <laughs> do I like Irish bands? Yeah. Do they like? Do you like Irish bands? Is that the one thing people always ask you when they find out when you're? A, no, a, they're like, "Oh, that's why your name's all fucking stupid." Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So not. I don't. Okay. So I kind of want to go back to what we were talking about in the beginning. Yeah. As a Canadian, what's it like looking at, you know, American news and seeing the crazy shit that's going on right now? It is heartbreaking. It is very, very sad. Um, But please let me say this. We are not better in Canada. There is a, we are kind of, we kind of misrepresent ourselves in my opinion. Okay. I realize that y'all have a problem with racism, but so do we. And it is really, really important to acknowledge that we have it too, because you know what? We do the entire country a disservice when we play into the stereotype that Canada is this wonderful, liberal, completely inclusive, not racist place because we do not treat our indigenous people properly. And I will say that a hundred million times. Yes, our racism looks different from yours and it's not as obvious, but sometimes because it's not as obvious, it's more insidious because we get away with things that are so deeply systemic, these issues of how we take care of our indigenous population, especially our indigenous women. And everyone's like, Canada's amazing. 
amazing. And I'm like, we've got problems. And if we continue to think that Canada is amazing, we continue to allow these problems to go on and we don't address them. So what's it like watching American news? It is scary, straight up. That is not what Canada looks like for the most part. I will tell you that. That, that is true. You know, our protests look very different from yours. But I never take for granted that we are not this a beautiful, wonderful, uh, guiltless place. Because we are. We, we have problems. So there you go. Yeah, no. I feel like <clears throat> our, prote- our protests do turn a little violent once the riot squads come in and try to disperse the, the crowds. I've been tear gassed. Me too, actually. I have yeah. been, I was in a, a, a protest, a riot, sorry, not a protest, a riot. 2011, I was, and I was tear gassed twice in one night. And my eyes, oh, dude, were crusted over like I couldn't even, it was crazy. But yes, it was bad. <laughs> Wait, was it just like, it was a riot? Like It was, was a it- riot. Oh, it's the most embarrassing cultural reason. I can't even tell you. So <laughs> I was living in Vancouver at the time mm-hmm. and the, uh, the, our hockey team, the Canucks were in the playoffs and they lost and the city. I'm not kidding you rioted. Like there was something actually wrong. It was fucking oh, shit. crazy. And there was horse cops everywhere and dogs dot like those Canine police were everywhere. I got tear gas twice. They shut down all the metros. We couldn't get anywhere. And all the cops were just shuffling us from one part of the city to the other, like of the downtown core. You would swear that it was civil upheaval. It was revolting. Wow. That's not a reason to protest. That's not how I feel about protesting. (laughs) Let me be clear. This was a riot because a hockey game was lost, not because of human rights. So let me be very, very clear about this. (laughs) You guys, they take their uh, hockey very seriously in yeah. Canada. Yeah. They don't fuck around. Fuck around the Canucks, dude. Dude. <laughs> I don't. I'm just kind of flipping gears here. Uh, we do like to talk about ghosts or anything Is supernatural. Are, are you a believer? Do you have any experiences? Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm ready. So let, yeah. me just light this, let me just light this joint. Oh. Yeah, light your joint. Do what you got to do. Okay, my mom, speaking of moms, she is like a conduit, I want to say. She is a seer. Okay. She's not a psychic. She doesn't talk to anyone. She doesn't communicate. But she sees, and I really believe her, things. Spirits, shapes, energies. My mom has always seen that. As far as I can remember, my mom has always said to me, I saw something, I felt something, I knew an energy. I never believed that shit. I was like, okay, mom, fucking have fun with that shit. Crazy, but no thanks. It might have been gay. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Until very recently where I started to a little bit feel things myself. That's what I'll say about that. How old were you when this happened? You said just a little bit ago. So within the year, two years? Dude, like within probably the last six months, I would say. Like really, really short. Really, really, really recently. And I'm just like, I'm scared that I'm, you know, like as you get older, sometimes you become more like your mom, right? Some of us hate it, but some <laughs> of us, it's just like the what, what's up. 
I'm afraid a little bit that that's what's going to happen to me and that I'm going to get the sight or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Your third eye opening. Your third eye is going to open. Yeah. yeah. So what exactly. have you seen? Shadow people? Fucking what? So, okay. <laughs> My partner can probably hear this. So we were on our bed the other day. We're looking each other in the eye, speaking, and then all of a sudden, on my bed in the corner, I just saw, in the middle of the day, completely bright, a white ball. This is not scary, so I know it's not like that exciting, but this just happened a few days ago. It was just a white ball in the corner of my eye, and it was it was on the bed, like plunked on my bed, huh. and there looked like a depression in the mattress, uh. and I just like let it chill there. And did one of these and it was gone. And I don't know what to say. And I, things like that keep uh, happening to me. So uh, I know that's not like very light. And then the lights went out. And then a bunch of crazy shit <laughs> happened. But that's just like what's happening to me now. <laughs> did your partner uh, see it too? Yeah, or no. was it just... <sighs> a, a strong non-believer. But I'm not really a believer either. But I can't really explain the things that are happening to me right now. Yeah. Did did your mom recently give you like a medallion or something that maybe like turned on the green? She gave me a monkey paw and was like, hold on to this evil monkey paw. <laughs> you can make wishes on it. Yeah. I was like, yo, that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. My mom my mom developed this and now I'm afraid that I'm developing it too. And I can't really explain it and there's been other incidences and they're all like always in the middle of the day they're never at night it's always like there's one time something happened to me in my car not too long ago and that's what happened so you guys all see ghosts too or what's up i've never seen one do you but believe? A, i do believe but yeah. i refuse to see one that's the thing it's like i don't want to <laughs> see one i don't i don't want that in my house like <laughs> <laughs> i'm the same I'm the same. I'm actually really scared of ghosts. I'm terrified. Like I don't same. I don't want this. I don't if I get this thing, this third eye action, I hate it. I it, I'm not cut out for it. I'm actually a fucking yeah. pussy. I'm too scared. It it sounds like it is like it's not open all the way, but it's like par- like partially it's opening. Blinking. If you're yeah. seeing a wink. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it's all this. that's cool (laughs) yeah like ghost and mediums run in my family but really we're like my like my aunt she's she's really good at seeing and yeah like things and talking to things but she completely shut it off like 10 years ago she's like i don't want to see this anymore and like she refuses to open that up my mom uh, is the same way. She hates, she doesn't like it. Yeah. She hates it. She's like, it's really uncomfortable. It's often mm-hmm. scary. Like she does not revel in this connection. Right. So your mom does not have it though. No, no. Uh, well, she's, she's, she's seen stuff, but oh. she's also like afraid of it. So like we shut it off. Like I, I'm, I'm open to things coming to me in my dreams, which is fine. Cause I can control okay. my dreams really good. And I've had experiences with people do come through my dreams, but mm-hmm. I don't want it here. I don't want to see it. So, yeah. you know, I'm good for now. <laughs> Do you have sisters or anything? Uh, like, yeah, but not really. Like from my like dad's what? side. Like okay. I've never met him. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. No, I only have a stepbrother. So. Okay. See, I feel like dudes don't really get it as much in my experience. Yeah, yeah dude. My brother, like mm. a hardcore like science guy. Like he does not believe in yeah. anything. 
ghost or anything like it's he's just completely shut off to it <laughs> and dread what do you feel do you do you like ghosts are you inviting to ghosts i feel so i actually have never seen anything um i've heard things but so stuff will come to me in my dreams i've had like uh i'll give you an example this is weird um so i had a dream about a great grandpa randomly i don't know we're in high school right and we're, my mom's driving me to school and uh we get to school and she she tells me she's like hey i have to tell you something i'm like what she's like your great grandpa passed away last night i'm like hello what, what? Yep. like really because i just had a dream about him last night so stuff like that i don't i'm open to it i feel that i'm kind of like it's scary to us because we can't see it and we don't know what it is Mm -hmm. yes. you know we're all energy it's to me it's leftover energy even so like if we if we if i did have one like i can't do anything about it yeah which i think i did have one at my i had a, a house and i sold it but i i think i did had one at that really? house yeah did yeah. it feel bad so uh i have a cousin that can actually see ghosts and can communicate with them mm -hmm. she came over walked into my house sent me like we were laughing because yeah she came over uh stayed stayed the night text me the next day and she's like hey uh i want to talk to you i'm like all right what's up like this is all through text too i'm like what's up she's like so you have um a ghost in your house and i'm like what She's like, actually, you have like two. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> phone call. None to two. You're like, wait, no, actually. Wait, what? I just feel like that's not something you text. That's a phone call. Dude, I got so scared. I got so scared. I was like, yeah. I can't. I, and I was by myself. I was like, your house, oh, right? Fuck, it's like 730 at night. I can't stay here. Like, um, I'm just going to leave. And yeah. she's like, don't leave. I'm on my way. She was like staying with me. I was like, fuck. And she was like, okay, so I want to tell you, last night I slept in your guest bedroom. Uh, this, this ghost came to me. He, he pulled me into your room. We were looking at you sleeping, and he told me that you're, you're having a hard time and that we need to help you, which I was. Like, I was going through a really bad, like, divorce. Like, it was, okay. it was like, really bad. So I was, like, crying all the time, like, super yep. emotional. And so, yeah, no, she, like, helped me stage the house and everything. So that kind of stuff, like, I don't think she would lie to me about it. She's a family member. I trust her. I've known her, you know, forever. And she's, yeah. this is, I, I want to get her on Grave Sisters, actually, because um, she's seen, like, spirit animals and everything. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm open to it. So, yeah, let's, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you, know, let's, you skipped over the fact that she right away felt your band oh. breakup with certain band members. Remember? She anticipated like, the band breakup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she didn't. She's forgetting the most important part, you know, but I'll let her say it. Cause it's yeah, no, that, that was like down down the line. Like she came to a show and like, she just kind of noticed like the whole like vibe. The vibe between all, um, was there four of us, I think? Yeah, the, four, yeah of four of us. Yeah, and she was like, what's up with your drummer? And I'm like, it's <sighs> a long story you know i filled her in like yeah, we're having issues blah blah and like yeah it was crazy but she can like pick up on that kind of stuff too but it wasn't like super obvious because it was a lot of unspoken things with you guys for a very very long time but she energy yeah 
And then when I met her for the first time, I'm all in my mind, I'm all, please, please don't let her have bad vibes on me. Like, I different, but we're so bad. She juju. She yeah, that's funny. We call her Juju. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got it. It's true, though. Like, as I get older, I just feel, I don't know, like, oh. more able to, maybe it's just because, you know, as you get older, maybe you just become more empathetic and less self-involved, uh, you know, when you're not thinking about yourself as much, because not, not to say that, you know, anyone's a shitty person, but when you're younger, you're just more selfish. You're just more self-involved. It doesn't make you a dick. You're just young. Yeah. As you get older, you just look outward in a way that wasn't available to you before. So it's like, you know, you are kind of picking up on each other's signals and each other's energy. And it's just like maybe a level of awareness, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think definitely when people are younger, I think it's, that's why you hear a lot of stories of kids seeing things. And then as you get older, you kind of develop this shell. And then I can see how it changes. I know, for me anyway, I, I've had experiences where I've felt things from ghosts, and I've picked up orbs and quite a number of my photographs. I feel a lot of things like I feel people's feelings or I feel energies a lot and it's kind of weird but I but I also like you think that it's sharpened more as I've aged so yeah yeah totally yeah I don't know maybe I'm pre-menopause I don't know <laughs> and that's we how it comes started. I was like fuck dude <laughs> I'm, I'm 49, right? Hashtag don't give a fuck. Like, let's talk yes. about this. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. So I'm Actually, like, last time when, 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 and pre-menopause. Bam. <laughs> go to pre-menopause. That's what I want. <laughs> New shirt idea. <laughs> yes, that is definitely a shirt idea. You guys, I'm going to turn on that light because I'm so scared now. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> We scared her. <laughs> yeah. That was like Disney. I mean, we all do. <laughs> we all do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she turned both of them on. <laughs> now it's all dark. I mean, it was like really dark. That was too yeah, It was. <laughs> well, well, girl, you have a light inside you, so no matter what, you're never in the dark. <laughs> Thank you. Smooth. Oh. <laughs> Mic drop. That's Ooh. why I'm here. To get Smooth. validation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are so fun, dude. I can see why you do this all the time. I'm like, why do I produce a podcast alone? <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you more about your process with like researching, and and you're the only one. You do everything, but I guess it, yeah. it, it's probably very natural within your workflow because you already have worked in that space. So. Mm. I can see how that would be an adjustment, but how, how much is too much? Do you just research like crazy, like mad, or do you let it flow? Or do you do a little bit about like when you're, I try to research as much as I can often with these women, all you can do is create their Instagrams. Um, You know, depending on their profession, they may have a website dedicated to the thing that they do. Um, But yeah, like, it's kind of true. Like you, I try to be as prepared as possible. I really do. Like I will, I will dig deep. I will go back to 2013. If you have a MySpace, like you got to figure that shit out. Um, 
But like, you know, that being said- I'm interviewing you and not the other way around because my, my MySpace was a fucking hot. <laughs> Is it still up there? Dude, it's fucked up. <laughs> I don't want to get into it. I went to like one fetish ball like my entire life. And what I think the most embarrassing part of it is it was like like ready-made like vinyl type outfit. I was a lot skinnier, but at the same time, I was like, I'm mostly mad that I wasn't like an original cool like vinyl outfit. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so basic and my vinyl is like ready-made. You're embarrassed <laughs> about your level of vinyl. Exactly. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway, digging it's deep. really out there. I'm oh. gonna Google that shit right now. Oh I've shit! I've never had this. So I never had that. Oh god, please. Um, so do you you write out your questions, or do you just kind of let that flow? Or I totally write any- out my questions. I absolutely do. I try to get at least bare minimum ten questions, and if you can't find the information to get to ten start moving right. and make them up. Like I, I, I really do. I try very hard to be prepared because just because somebody said yes to being interviewed does not make them a talker and not everybody is motivated to talk. Like sometimes you are pulling information out of people just yeah. because, you know, they're shy or, you know, the thing that they do doesn't require them to really talk to people or, ever sometimes i'm the first person that's ever interviewed you just because i think you're so fucking cool that you know to me you are a celebrity to me you are the new story you are the important thing but you know that's never happening before so people are definitely shy so it's better to be over prepared and then let it flow because at any moment if you feel like uh oh we just hit a snag or you just felt really really finished with what you were saying and there's no room to expand on that thought I can always bring it back to what I have prepared. And I think that's the mark of a, of a good interviewer is like, don't show up empty, empty handed. Like being a good conversationalist is fucking awesome and an incredibly important skill, but you should definitely have questions. Yeah. I sometimes go to the extreme a little bit with them. <laughs> like when we used to record in, in studio, I would have like, pages and then I'm like oh sorry <laughs> like too much sorry. I've definitely done that too it's like you can chill man dial it back a little bit no I think I think that's definitely important and we interview a lot of artists too like you not necessarily like musicians or and it's and yeah. it's they're the hardest to interview because they are a little introverted yeah uh-huh. and, uh, they're it not used to they're not used right about here. bragging about their art or talking about themselves like talking about themselves at all yeah, yeah. for sure and it's like you know, I have to do my job. Like, if I asked you to be here, I have to be the good host. I always feel like that. Like, it's not your job to be interesting. It's my job to make you interesting. Oh, so shit. If I said to you, hey, I think you're really fucking cool and I want to talk about what you do with X amount of people, with the followers that exist in the She's Punk universe, it's my fucking job to make sure that you look amazing because I want every single person that is interviewed on She's a Punk to feel like, fuck, like what a great experience. I really feel seen. I really feel like my story was told. I never want anyone to walk away and be like, fuck that girl. She was so stupid. She did not know what she was doing. I feel so misrepresented. And, you know, that's the opposite of a good interview and certainly a good interaction. That's so many quotable moments. Solid on advice. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to speak in sound bites. I'm just, 
I'm forced to talk in 30 second increments all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Real quick, what would you tell someone who wants to start a podcast? What should they know? Oh man, figure out really and truly what it is your point is. Like, what is your objective? If you can truly find a real objective, you're going to have a way easier time. I'm not saying that you need to have a really firm idea to have a podcast. You can do whatever the fuck you want. DIY or fucking die. If you want to have an easier time making a podcast, have a clear objective. Know what it is you want to do. When I started She's a Punk, I was like, I am going to only interview women about their punk rock experiences and experiences within punk rock. That was it. And you know what? It made starting it out and creating my my identity so easy to communicate because I knew exactly who the fuck I was which is why I, I try. She's a punk is such a simple, simple name, but I agonized over that name, dude. I went for so long and I was like, I just need it to explain exactly what I'm doing, which is why there's a feminine pronoun and the word punk. And it's like, you know, it declares she's a punk. So it kind of does everything that I need it to do. Well, we're, def- we're definitely looking forward to who you, who you have on next and yes. podcast episodes. Um, real quick, can you plug where our listeners can find you? Yes, I'm at She's a Punk fucking everything. So on Instagram, it's at She's a Punk podcast. My website is www.she'sapunk.com. If you ever want to email, email me, which I really encourage people to do, and I wish they would fucking do it more because I love correspondence, it's She's a Punk podcast at gmail.com. I don't have Twitter because I don't fuck with it, but you can always DM me. <laughs> I also love when people DM me on Instagram. I will often send back like voice notes to people. If they type me something, I'll just like talk to my mom. I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm Siobhan. No one runs this account but me. <laughs> and uh, so anytime people want to like talk to me, I'm here, man. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for uh, coming on our podcast and talking to us. It was great. I will literally do this. Anytime. This was so fun. All three of are you, you are serious? fucking awesome. We're we're doing it. We're gonna do a little yes. off something. I'm telling Unqualified you. Therapy talk. <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> it was so great. I'm so I'm bummed that all of you are wearing eyeliner except for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so fucking pacey that I need to have eyeliner so you can define what starts and what begins. My eyebrows are tattooed on, so I feel like fortunate. Oh, I was like, I was like, dude, our eyebrows are totally popping. They're killer. They're a lie. <laughs> <laughs> They're lies. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I am so stoked to to talk with you too. Like, I, I feel like all of us maple syndrome all of us were just lighting fires and glad to do it alongside you all here for each other man in solidarity (laughs) thank you to siobhan woodrow from she's a punk podcast for joining us on this episode remember to head over to the website soundsistersaz.com to view and listen to previous podcasts go to facebook and like us instagram to follow us at soundsistersaz Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to be notified on new episodes and check out our kooky sister podcast called Grave Sisters located under the Sound Sisters platform on all streaming platforms. 
Check out older episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us and checking us out during this pandemic. We love you. We miss you. We can't wait to actually hug you in person. On that note, this is your host, Randall, signing off with my lovely ladies, reminding you to keep your eyes on the prize, always do your best, and wash your hands. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Nazis. I hate these guys.